Hello and welcome to the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Clive Glover and each week on these programs I'm a baby boomer and so I talk to people from a different generation and usually it's a millennial and this week it is certainly a millennial and a regular one here. Hello Chloe. Hello, you're right. I'm fine, thanks. Now, this week we decided to talk about something which is perhaps a bit controversial, but certainly something which I reckon you know a lot more about than I do. And obviously, so I'm going to learn something today from you, which I mean, I do normally, but um, perhaps not as much as this, I suspect. Mm -hmm. So you want to introduce the subject? Yes. So today we're going to be talking about dating. How people date compared to like when you were younger and of course when in my generation now and the differences between that and how we go about to go on a date. Right. OK. And in particular, of course, the, the big change is what we call online dating, although I'm not yes. sure it's a really big change. It's a different way of that first step, I suppose, the introduction to somebody or meeting someone for the first time. Shall we start by just having a quick run through of um, how things were in my day, I suppose. I mean, obviously, yes. um, going back for generations long before me as well. I was hoping we could uh, discuss first, like how how we all, how we meet people, how you would have met someone to ask someone on a date. I mean, that's what I want to know. Well, exactly, that's the point. And I mean, all, all the way through, um, obviously, for generations going back, somewhere along the line, someone met somebody, and then later on, they obviously got together, got married, and had children, all the rest of it. Otherwise, none of us would be here. No. Um, so, I think. In my day, the normal thing was very much meeting at sort of parties and obviously in social places like pubs or I was going to say restaurants. I don't think restaurants were very much the same sort of thing then. We didn't eat out as much by a long way. Mm -hmm. um, and so it really is sort of just meeting at friends' parties and so on. And uh, in the specific instance of my wife, we actually met at a barbecue at a friend's house where there were about 50 people, I think, had a really big house and really big garden. It was the middle of summer and it was a barbecue. And that's where I first met my wife. So um, ah, there you are. So you, you met through friends of friends then, basically? Um, yes, basically, that's true. Um, yeah. And obviously she was invited to the same party as I was, effectively. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I think I think that's a pretty normal way of doing things. Um, yeah. I like and... I like that way. That's a nice, like, meet cute, isn't it? That's a, that's a nice way of meeting someone. Yeah, and I think the other sort of things at the time would have been obviously. Now, I I'm, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I, for example, one of my cousins met her future husband at school, um, yes. literally uh, um, in the sixth form, and she was at a girls' school. And the girls' school, like they do now quite often, um, had boys in the sixth form, and so he was one of the handful of boys in the girls' school. And um, basically, that's where they met, and they've been married very happily for a long time since. So that worked out all right. I know quite a few people who met their partners at university which I guess is mm -hmm. pretty common as well yes. but I think the main place people meet is actually in working environments you yes. know basically you meet someone at work and that's the sort of age when maybe you're thinking you ought to be settling down soon and then you know you, you see someone and think oh yes okay and yeah. it sort of takes off from there um, but one of the things that's interesting to me and I looked up yesterday is I'm fascinated by the fact that now there are a lot of employers particularly big companies and particularly in America who actually ban having any relationships with any other member of staff of the same company. 
See, I was I was going to say that because for me in my generation, I mean, people may differ who listen to this, but I, I've always been under the impression when I've spoken about dating and where you go to meet people to date, people say the one of the worst like, like places you can do it is probably date the coworker, especially if it's something that you don't think is serious. But always you think you're gonna it's gonna lead somewhere, then yeah, go for it. But if it's just like a, just to date someone and just to go out and and just try that, I mean, it's it's kind of frowned upon a bit because it's like just don't don't do it because you work with that person you're going to be stuck with that person and, and it can get in the way of your job well this this came up to me um, when i saw it there was a news story a few months ago where the chief executive of mcdonald's you know the one with the big yellow arches all around the world obviously mm-hmm. a huge company resigned because he was basically dating a member of staff of the company Right. And he obviously, as the CEO, has set the policy and he felt obliged to follow it. And the thing to me was that was a bit of a shocking sort of thing to happen. But equally, you know, he was divorced and she was single as well. So it wasn't like they're having an affair or anything. It was just straightforward yeah. dating arrangement. But he felt obliged to follow his own rules and resign on that basis. And he only yeah. earned £16 million a year, by the way. Oh, oh poor dear. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that's a little extreme. I think in in my day, I think um, it was probably frowned upon, as you say. But if mm. you sort of made it known and perhaps t- spoke to the HR department so they were aware of it, there yeah. would be, um, you know, it, obviously in certain circumstances and certain companies, you can understand if, for example, you're dating your boss or your boss's boss or something like that. Yeah. Then clearly there's sort of conflicts which could happen. Um, yeah. And particularly in financial companies, they're worried because they often have people working in on projects which sort of they've got to keep secret, even from their co-workers. So I can see that. But it seemed a bit extreme in this case with, with McDonald's anyway. Um, and I think that's the way things are going in America. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems to me a bit odd because obviously um, it's a place where you are going to meet people um socially because you're spending eight or ten hours a day working in the same environment or at least you were until a few months ago well that's the thing like that that's another difference as well I think between my generation and yours as in dating someone in the workplace because like when when you went to work you'd spend a very large portion of time like we do now but then you'd go to work you go to the pub with your co-workers see your family weekend and that's it but these days we're so connected through social media and and every and like our phones and like we can like meet other people and and arrange other things outside our bubble of people that we know so there's a bit more opportunity to meet new people all the time whilst back when you were dating it would have been the people that you know those are the only options really around your area and friends of friends so you would kind of take the step to date a co-worker maybe because there because there may be a chance of something happening there whilst we've got more opportunity these days to meet more people so we don't feel like we need to date co-workers because there may be somebody else unless we really like our co-worker yeah i mean obviously let's let's not be too um silly about this obviously in, in my day we were able to travel mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well no yes certainly... but i'm saying i'm saying obviously if you were busy and you were working and you're only in your local area i mean that it, it would be more i think it would be more like um understandable to be um to be a bit more risk-taking with dating a co-worker even if, if it could potentially end wrong because you know that might be a person it could be it could work out well with I think the other thing to me was that, that in those days there were a lot of sort of social organisations, uh, particularly locally, you could join, mm-hmm. and um, there were things like 
when you were younger, I mean, sort of teenage age, they had youth clubs where people yes. basically could go along. Typically on a Friday night, you all went along to a, a building and there you'd have sort of hang around chatting to people or you'd play games or you'd mm-hmm. watch films or something like this. Uh, and those are all really gone now. So for the younger people, meaning sort of teenagers, that's not really an option anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's something that perhaps is missing now. Yeah. But these days it's so difficult because of all the rules and regulations about adults looking after children or supervising and so on. It gets really a nightmare. My, my wife helps run the um, local scouts and all the arrangements you have to make for um, adults supervising young boys and some girls as well um, is really off-putting for many people because it seems very intrusive to have to fill in all the forms and all the other things. Um, Although obviously perfectly good reason you understand why it's done, but it is is much more sort of regulated in in a way that it wasn't before, which may have been bad, but at the same time it, it worked all right. Yeah. See, my my grandparents, they met at the Young Farmers Ball when they were younger. They had the Young Farmers meetings and that's how they met. So that was that was their way of getting to know people. And then my uncle, my great uncle told me today that um, another way of um, meeting as well and going on a date with these girls was that was that he would escort them to the dance. So they were his date at the dance for the day. So they'd still be with their friends, but they would also have a date that that day. Well, that's sort of what I was saying about social clubs and things. If you live in a village, they had things like young farmers and so on. Um, And that was the sort of um, things that people just joined up as a way of meeting people, basically. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it was an assumption then, of course, that you were probably going to be meeting up and it was probably going to be someone you got involved with was fairly local, as you say. Maybe you had to get on a bus or go on a train somewhere because the other thing is that um, people didn't have their own transport in the way most, well, quite a lot of young people have. Well, yeah, well, my mum was saying that um, because she lived in a a village in Devon, um, she said obviously her experience might be different to other people, um, but uh, her experience was that she would go to the same pubs and the one club in the whole area that they lived in like every week. So that meant she was seeing the same people every week and meeting the same friends, but then she would meet friends of friends. So after a while, she would know everyone in that pub if anyone new came in if she didn't know them then somebody else definitely would so the chances are if you were dating somebody you knew friends of friends and they kind of like referenced they were like a reference to that person saying oh yeah he's a good lad go on a date with him so that that was an interesting way of doing it which is kind of like what you did with the way you met your wife because of course you went to a barbecue and she was a friend of a friend which was the same kind of idea yes and so of course some of the stuff you you have the option then of sort of asking around about that person and getting some information from somebody who does know them so it's not quite in the dark and and as I say I think as an old person now I have a bit of a prejudice against these sort of online things Um, and in the sense that I feel that you know obviously it's very easy online to um, misrepresent who you are what you yes. do and maybe even put up a dodgy picture of yourself which isn't really you or is doctored yes, in some using, way that, that kind of stuff yeah I think a lot of people use their snapchat filters or instagram filters and make I mean it's amazing what those filters can do to your face but yes it does mislead people a little bit as to what you really look like so yes I do know a couple of people who are very good at camera angles and uh, can look very different to what they look like in real life well, that's it. And of course, you got used to this on the sort of Instagram thing where um, personalities who you say, oh, that looks interesting. And then that's a nice place they're in, that nice house sitting yeah. by the swimming pool or whatever. And of course, uh, perfectly tanned and all the rest of it. But they've got a whole film crew and lighting crews and things. Exactly. It's not like just a quick, quick sort of selfie on their phone, is it? Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. So now, um, 
really, though, the first step which we're talking about is sort of, you know, you, you're flipping through on some dating site or maybe mm-hmm. the site has said you should see these six people because they match up with your sort of things you've, you've entered into the system about your interests and your, your yeah. likes and dislikes. Um, and then what you see is basically a photo and a short blurb about them, presumably, which they've written themselves, yeah. which presumably might exaggerate slightly their um, appeal. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, it it is interesting. Um, Obviously, um, personally, I've been on a couple of dating apps, different versions. um, But the the thing I've noticed is there are people on there who are for genuine reasons and people on there who are for other reasons. So it's it's like a filter. You have to go through all of them and keep swiping until someone comes up. But it is unlike like the the normal way of meeting someone in a pub where you can actually like you know see them and see them as a real person actually talk to them and pick up on their mannerisms and the way they speak and what they're interested in on a dating app you are literally going by what they look like and the couple of sentences they even bother even if they bother to write something down what they've written down but a lot of people don't even look at that they literally look at the picture swipe left or right depending on whether or not they think they're good looking or not and um but yeah but uh, but then some things these people then say is just absolutely amazing that they would even get a like that they'd even get a right like um I I I thought I'd be fair and ask both genders on their experience on dating apps and what like what do people write you know what are the the awful things they've heard and like for girls it's like uh, guys will write things in their bio like impress me you know or um or uh, I won't message first you know it's up to you to message me and and things like this and um you know I'm looking for a a tall blonde girl if you're not her don't bother messaging me but at the same time girls will write in their bios things like um if you're not uh, over six foot tall don't bother messaging me and you have to have expensive clothes and if you don't work out don't message me which is just such a awful thing to write down and to and to base your opinion off of so quickly and so bluntly but I guess at the same time it's making clear what they want and what they don't want but it's just so um it's, it's so vain in a way just to base off of appearances immediately because you, you have, I think you have to get to know a person as well it's a cattle market, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. You feel you you can't. Sometimes you do kind of feel like you know you're you're like up for sale kind of thing. It's just it's really awful. Some of the things these people write down because it's like because you wouldn't because the difference is I think as well because online dating is very faceless. Even though there's a picture of you there, you don't know these people. It, I mean that could not be you for all we know. So you can write whatever you want. People can say whatever they want to say. Compared to if you went up to someone in a bar and went up to them and said, oh, you know, um, you're not you're not over six foot tall I mean you could tell that just by looking at them so you won't go and talk to them but you wouldn't say that to their face I mean that's so rude if someone said that to your face you would just tell them to you know get lost but online it's acceptable well this is what I'm saying it seems to be very superficial and obviously very dodgy in the sense that people are going to make up stories about themselves and all the rest of it in a way that they probably wouldn't get away with as you say if you sort of bumped into them in a pub exactly Um, yeah Okay, I've heard the same sorts of stories. Um, now, it seems to me, though, that what you then do, I mean, you, you highlight somebody and you, you say, well, this person is worth me um, contacting or saying, how mm-hmm. about it or whatever, you know, let's meet up. Yeah. Now, well, in a sense, in a sense, that's just the same as before. You know, you met the person yeah. in the pub, giving him giving your phone number and hope he phones you tomorrow, that sort of thing. Yes. It's yeah. not, really, not really different. So the next step seemed to me much the same as in other occasions, you know, and in the past. 
So you mm-hmm. arrange to meet up somewhere. And if you're sensible, it's not in his p- apartment. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only thing I could say the difference is between meeting someone in a pub and then meeting someone online is the person you've met in the pub, you know they're a real person, you've met them, you've spoken to them, you've got an impression of that person, and you uh, there's a familiarity about that. But a person you've spoken to online, for instance, they could be brilliant at messaging you, but in person they could be the, the like the conversation of a pancake you know it could be really painful to meet them because there could be no spark at all but you know when you've met that person in person at the pub you know that there was something there whilst online you're taking more of a risk it's more of a blind date because yes you know what they look like I mean potentially you know what they look like and you've got to know them over messaging but you don't actually know what they're like until you meet them in person so I think it's a little bit more nerve-wracking to meet someone online than it is to have met someone at a pub and then meet them for a date you know the second time right so this is where the sort of rules start coming in of things that mm-hmm. probably someone would advise you as as an old man and as a father you know if mm-hmm. you're asking me I sort of come up with some things say well whatever you do don't do this or do that and make sure you yeah. meet in a public place that sort of thing yes yeah is that the sort of thing you you, you would go along with I mean, I mean meet, meeting I've... in a cafe or something Well, that's the thing. Like, I've heard people who haven't done that, and I just think that's absolutely ridiculously silly. Luckily, they've been very lucky that these people have been genuine. But for me, I think it would be public place. I mean, a first date, I mean, to meet someone like that, I would say in a pub or in a cafe or like in a place where there's loads of other people around. So if you're in a situation where you're thinking this isn't right, you you are safe. There are other people around. I mean, these days in pubs, for instance, they've got the Ask Angela scheme, where if you go up to the bar and say, is Angela in, that will be code for the bar staff to know, right, she's not comfortable in this situation. We'll get her out of it, you know, which is which is an extra comfort if you're meeting someone for the first time that you don't know whether or not you're going to like them right I mean I was just going to say in all the TV programs and the films the arrangement to meet is always midnight by the docks isn't it yeah no 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 no. if you want to get killed then by all means give that a go but no I I would not recommend that to anybody to do (laughs) no no but that's what it's always in the dark I mean it's one of those things yeah okay so I mean obviously that's it and then you, you sit down if you go for a coffee then mm-hmm. you, you're actually automatically limiting the time that you might need to spend if you really want to get away from that person, aren't you? Well, that's exactly my point. So I think for a first date, personally, I, I would pick something that would mean that it could be something really quick or it could go on for hours. So a coffee or a drink like of some sort, you could get one coffee and then get another and another if you're really enjoying the conversation. But if you want to get out, you drink your coffee and go, sorry, i got to run. You know, I mean have an excuse ready in your back pocket in case so like if an hour's passed and you could say oh sorry I've got to go meet my sister now and Ruth oh sorry I've got an errand to run lovely to meet you bye at least there's a get out but if you're doing like for instance I was looking up top dates that apparently you should do um off of one of the dating websites and they suggested things like um going to a theme park for your first date or going to the zoo or going to an art gallery or something like that and to me for a first date that is a lot of pressure to spend a day with somebody to have things to talk about because you might run a things to talk about after an hour let alone a whole day of doing activities with them 
Yes. Ooh, zoo. That's interesting. We went to the zoo together, didn't we? <laughs> we did go to the zoo, yes. <laughs> not a date. Well, I don't think... Not... Yeah, no, it wasn't a date. That, that was work. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but you okay. know, but... But the difference is, like, you know, you know, you know, the person, if you go to the zoo or something like that, you're usually going with people that you know, that you've spent time with, and you know, you can hold a conversation with going on a date with somebody for the first time. It's a bit nerve wracking, because you might have run out of things to say. So it would just be a silent, awkward walk around the zoo looking at animals, and you're just begging for the day to be over, basically. Right. I'm sorry. That sounds to me like you've been in, been there sometime, that sort of occasion. Well, no. Um, luckily, I've never put myself in that situation because I know that's what would happen because it's just typical, really. I mean, it, you hear these stories of people doing that and it's brave to spend a whole day with somebody you don't really know like that. But personally, I would, for a first date, make sure you pick somewhere where it can be in a lot of time if you want it to be. Yeah. One of the tips I saw someone suggested was that you get a friend to phone you up after an hour. So you've got that excuse, oh, I've got to go now because such and such happened. And then oh, you but that's phone call. so obvious. That is so obvious. Because you Reckon. see that in the movies all the time where they go, oh, my God, is, oh, is, is he okay? Or, okay, I'm coming now, I'm coming now. And they go, I'm so sorry, my friend just called me. It's an emergency. You can't do that because you might as well just say, I'm not enjoying the day, I'm going to leave now. And, in fact, I think I'd prefer that over that kind of show, really. But um, but yeah, I think um, I think though when you go on a first date, especially online dating, it is very important that you tell people where you're going and what you're doing that, you know, at least somebody knows. So if after a couple of hours they don't hear from you, like my friends um, uh, said to me, right, um, text me after a couple of hours. And if you don't, I will be calling to double check you're safe. So having something like that set up and a simple text is easy to send, really. Right. But all these things are suggesting to me that the sort of concerns that I might have, particularly mm -hmm. with my sort of parent hat on, are actually yes. shared by you and your friends. Yes. And you understand that. And so you're actually making yeah. way. You're actually also a bit suspicious of how it all might turn out and so on. Oh, yeah. Which is quite interesting. I mean well, that's the thing. You can't go into this thing blind. At the end of the day, you are meeting a stranger. People can lie. I mean, there's such things as catfish and things like that. People could be, I mean, somebody messaging you could be completely different to who they are in real life and you can't take that chance. So when you are meeting technically a stranger for the first time, you have to make sure that people know where you're going and, and know what you're doing. And, um, and like, for instance, you could um, like you know t tell them exactly where you're going the name of the person that you're supposedly meeting so at least all of that's covered so if anything did happen at least they had all that information to start off with right so as I said you know you're you're obviously a very sensible and, and uh, intelligent person to deal with these things so you you would actually literally do all those things you think for yeah. for such an occasion no, I have. Well, have I have done it. I have, I have done, done such it. things. Yes, I have, have done oh. such things. Yes, of course. No, I um, I told, I think for one of my dates, I told uh, about six people where I was going. I told them where I was going, what time I was meeting that person, the name of the person, so that, you know, so that I was completely covered. So, um, and also one of my friends uh, said she would, uh, as I said, she would text me after a couple of hours. And if I didn't respond, she would call. So luckily it didn't go that far, but you know, but luckily I was lucky enough that he was a really lovely guy and it was, it was completely fine, but you know, it, w but you do have to be concerned. You do have to have your guard up with that kind of thing because you are meeting a stranger. 
Right, yes. I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's got a daughter who's the same age as you, basically, and she mm-hmm. said that she'd been out on a date and she I think she went for a second date with the same guy. But then she said something which I, I thought was a wonderful phrase. She said that she obviously decided not to go any further with him because he wanted to reduce the two metre distance rather quickly. Right. That That's the thing, though. I mean, that's one thing that I agree with her on that. That's the perfect. I think at the moment it is the perfect time to go out on dates with people during coronavirus, because if they don't respect your boundaries, they don't respect to give you your space, then they're not the person for you. And in these times, there are a lot of people who are, you know, um, uh, who are like in danger, maybe if they catch the virus or could put other people in danger and they don't want to pass it on. So if someone doesn't want to respect your space and and wants to get in it when it is technically at the moment very dangerous for strangers to get into your space, then yeah, I would I would kick him to the curb pretty damn quick for that. Right. Now, I just want to ask you now, in, in my day, or perhaps not after my day, we had dating agencies around before the internet mm-hmm. was the main sort of source. And yeah. what they did was send out sort of great big long forms. Mm-hmm. And on the form, it would you'd say things like, you know, perhaps some favourite films, music, favourite band, favourite TV show, favourite colour, whether you're a dog or a cat person, all sorts mm-hmm. of questions like that. And you obviously tick all the boxes or, or write in a few names and so on. And they put it into a basically a computer system then to match up and obviously find that there was 43 things the same with you and this person so therefore they suggested that you two might be compatible now I always found that rather interesting concept because to me the very fact that you say you and I might watch the same television program along with 23 million other people you know um, doesn't seem to mean mean very much to me and it seems a bit superficial and it's sort of pseudoscience because um, I know and I'm sure you do as well plenty of people who um, have been happily married for years, for example, who have very different interests and, you know, have their own hobbies and do other things together uh, with other people, this sort of thing. I mean, in terms of activities they do and their, their real interests. And so if they'd filled in that form before they got together, you know, they probably would never have gone any further, that sort of thing. Yeah. But then my argument with that, though, is like with the dating sites, that you need a base, you need somewhere to start. And some people struggle to meet people out and about. Some people struggle. I mean, I was talking about this with my friend and she said, if a guy came up to us randomly in the street and said, hey, you're beautiful, can I have your number? Our first reaction would be like, go away, leave me alone. Why are you approaching me? So it's hard. It's very hard to meet people in day-to-day life for some people. So the fact that they're going somewhere where other people are thinking, I'm struggling, I need to find someone, it's a base. It's, it's something to start on. So fair enough, they may, I mean, just because you have things in common doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like each other in that way, but at least it's a start. It's pushing you in a direction of potentially meeting someone when usually in day-to-day life you wouldn't. Right. But uh, I'm just thinking about what you just said. Um, somebody coming up to you and, and making an effort to come and say that to you and, s- yeah. and say hello and whatever. Yeah. You know, he could actually have been genuinely meaning that. Yeah, but at the same time, he could genuinely be really. I mean, the thing is, if, for someone to come up to, to come up to you in broad daylight and say that you very to me, that would be very uh, upfront. I don't know. Personally, I would be. I, w- I personally wouldn't take to that because I would think that's very strange and I would, I'd be more on edge that he was going to rob my purse or something. I'd be thinking, right, why, why are you doing this? It's, it's, it's just not, 
what you'd expect in day to day, especially in a setting like of, I don't know, you're walking your dog. No, no, probably not walking your dog, but I don't know, walking through a car park and someone stops you and says that, that would throw me off because I would not expect that in that situation. But maybe in a club or in a pub, I would be expecting it more. So it's 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 difficult. You know, it's, it's, that, it's weird. It's a weird situation. Because I had a long discussion once about um, a psychology report on how people see each other and look at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, if you're walking along the street and someone's walking towards you, you yeah. sort of scan them. And it's a sort of instinctive thing we have, which is really a sort of safety thing that you yeah. look and you, you see, you know, a woman walking towards you, pushing a buggy and you say, well, that's fine. She's not a threat to me. But if it's yeah. a guy walking along carrying a sledgehammer, you know, you probably <laughs> take a different view. Um, well, yeah. And so... We all do this, and we we make a judgment apparently in a fraction of a second about this. Mm. So, someone may see and say, "Wow, she looks really nice." And although it's superficial in the sense that he's just judging you by how you look, yeah. which obviously feminists get very upset about these days, but uh, it's a, you know it's realistically how people um, assess each other, as it were. Yeah. So. Someone saying they like you because they, you look nice is actually mm-hmm. probably a genuine instinctive feeling, although it may be something that won't go anywhere. And as I say, you could be suspicious about it. But I think yeah. that's part of the problem, isn't it? We're, we're all actually quite suspicious about things. Or Some people well, are terribly naive, but you obviously are on the suspicious side, which I certainly would... Um, well, thing is, as well, in society, women are warned a lot more than men to be on their guard, to be wary. Like my, I was saying this earlier to a friend of mine and she was saying, well, you know, it's like, you know, the the general kind of feel is, old oh, boys will be boys, you know, they're lads, that's what they do. But with girls, it's like, you have to be on your guard. You have to be aware that, and it's awful because obviously I don't want to upset any feminists, obviously, um, not, no, not even feminists, because obviously feminist means that you just want equal rights, which I completely agree with. But at the same time, I mean, usually men are stronger physically than women. So for women, I think we are taught from a very young age that we have to be on our guard. We have to be wary. And as we grow up, it's kind of like instilled in us to, you know, so if someone is approaching us like a large man, and even if he did come up to you and say, you're, you're really pretty and whatever, it would kind of throw you off in that moment because you're looking at this a stranger and thinking, what do they want? And they come and say that. And they may genuinely just want to be coming up and say, oh, you look really pretty. Hi, nice to meet you. But in this day and age, I think because women are warm so often I think quite a lot of women are on their guard and are like well why why has this happened and if it doesn't happen very often as well for someone to come and do that to you it's a bit like hello and I think it's very non-British as well for someone to come up to you and say you're you know to be that overly affectionate that quickly it's just very much like no no go away we, we, we're Brits we don't do that we don't we don't show emotion go away leave me alone so that might be also another thing playing in the fact there right because that's also I mean Interestingly, sort of non-British things. Um, I'm very non-British in one aspect. When I sit on a bus or a train, I'm quite happy to talk to people, which obviously is very yes, weird. It is, but, but I, that... I would do the same thing. Oh, there you go. I would oh, do we, the same we have thing. a lot of compatibilities, don't we, Chloe? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it's just, it is really interesting though about like, you know, different views on this lot. I mean, I was, uh, today I was talking to somebody who's in their 60s and she has a husband uh, who she considers as a real gentleman because when um, anyone, when a woman walks into a room, he will stand for her. And if you get up, he will stand, which I think is just lovely. And then in comparison, I was talking to my cousin who is 20 years old and he was telling me that he thinks in today's society, 
society, especially around our age group, that there is lacking of men being gentlemen and holding the door open and show and um, showing respect for women. And it's interesting that a lad at his age wants more gentlemen out there, considering I must admit it is it is harder to find a gentleman these days when you uh, but then you look at like a lady who's in her 60s who appreciates that as well. It's interesting that both generations are agreeing that, yes, you know, there should be equality between men and women. But it also to find a nice gentleman is always is, is always nice. Interesting. I mean, I I often hold doors open for people. I mean, not just mm. women, but um, obviously, yeah, yeah, if I do the same. someone's following me close behind, I would hold the door open. Yes, but I do remember one occasion doing that for a woman who then glared at me and said something rude to me. Yeah, you know, and that's the why do I open the door I, for her? She can do it herself, you know. But I I do feel sorry for guys in that respect because it again it must be really hard, especially these days because you know women are all about empowerment and we can do things just as much as well for men. Well, yeah, but if a guy holds a door open for you, just say thank you, just go, oh, great, that's that's wonderful, thank you for that. You know, it, it yeah, I think that's going a bit too far in that respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, look, we've um. Oh, we've had we got through the time very quickly on this one today. We I'm did. not surprised. There's a lot to talk about. Okay, well, thank yeah. you for that. Very, very interesting. Um, do you think um, you'd reconsider how you deal with these things anymore, or you've already got got your sort of act together on this, haven't you? I think I think I'm quite happy with the way I go about things. To be quite honest, if, yeah, I, I think I think I'm I'm happy where I am. <laughs> As ever, Chloe, thank you very much for um, joining in today. A very interesting discussion. Obviously, I've sparked something that you obviously have a great deal of interest in and um, it's good to know. And you obviously seem a very sensible person is one of the things I would conclude from this. So that's a a, a compliment I will throw your way. Anyway, so you've been listening to the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. Thank you for listening. And you can listen to the programme, uh, our podcast of programmes, anytime you like. There's um, dozens of them now on RadioVerulam.com. So uh, do listen, look out for those and listen in sometime. And thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>